WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Watching this like everybody else, Dr. David Redloss, professor and chair of the Department of Political Science and International Relations, University of Delaware. And uh, your thoughts? I mean, you think uh, there's been pressure on the accuser to delay it because that leads to a protracted process that the Democrats want? Uh, good evening, Alan. I, you know, it, this is a little bit puzzling, but maybe not as much as it seems to be. I think the the first thing is that you know Professor Ford needs to think about: Does she want to be in that situation? Uh, does she want to be in public? Apparently, the uh, chair of the committee, Senator Grassley, has suggested things could also be done in a private session, not necessarily in public. But, you know, I don't know if we need to read too much into this yet. Um, I think if we go too far into tomorrow without knowing if she's coming, then then there may be something going on. Well, see if you agree with me. Unlike some other Me Too situations, it is noteworthy that, to my knowledge, no other woman has emerged to point the figure uh, finger at him. On the other hand, unlike Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, we do have a third individual who was said to have been in that room. And uh, presumably, if you wanted to try to get as much information as possible, you would try to bring him in. Yeah, you would think so, and it, it would be puzzling if the um, Republican majority did not bring uh, bring him in as well. I think that the, the the thing about this is that Professor Ford has no you know nothing to gain from having done this and putting in details like the fact there was a third person who could easily corroborate one way or the other. Um, suggests that, that at least from what she recalls 35 years ago, something probably happened. But the question at this point is how you really resolve what the nature of that was and where it was, you know, and, and, and where it leads us to. And I hate to say, talk about the politics of it, but politics is everywhere in a story like this. And you wonder, one, that this uh, even further fuels uh, Democratic female turnout in the midterm elections, whatever happens, or uh, two, in particular, if it looks like his nomination is derailed or whatever, it gives Republicans a mean to, to boost turnout in the midterms for their side. Yeah, there's no avoiding the politics of, of this. I think for the Republicans, the challenge is how do you move forward if you're going to move forward with Judge Kavanaugh? Um, how do you do it without further riling up um, a group, women in general, who are already predisposed against your candidates? But at the same time, if you don't move him forward and if there's for example, Professor Ford doesn't actually come to testify. How do you not move it forward? If you fail to do so, your your base is going to be incredibly angry. Well, there's a headline for a story, an analysis in the Daily Beast entitled, Team Trump, if we ditch Kavanaugh, we're signing our own death warrants. The notion being that uh, it would uh, the one thing that Trump has going for him with his base, after all the other problems, is they believe he'll deliver the judicial nominations that they want. Well, sure. But of course, if if Kavanaugh were withdrawn or were to withdraw himself, you know, President Trump can certainly find another uh, nominee. Right. In fact, probably, you know, maybe even stronger nominee. And so I don't think the base loses what they're looking for as long as it moves through before a new Congress is seated if the Democrats were to take control. All right. David Redloss, U of D. Thank you, sir. You bet.